Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Now, co-ops have been part of history since the 19th century. We all have yeah. memories of learning about Irish co-ops in history or geography classes. Cooperatives are seen as a tool for empowering marginalised communities. My next guest has just co-authored Cooperatives at Work. It's a book that seeks to remind us of the power of the co-op. And its co-author, Matt Noyes, joins me now. How are you, Matt? Fine, thank you. Nice to be here. Good. Well, thanks for joining us. Firstly, you might define for us, because I know, maybe you might just define for us, Matt, what a co-op actually is. Yes, well, in this case, we particularly focused on a type of cooperative called a workers' cooperative, um, which is a business that is owned, governed, and managed democratically by its workers. Okay. So oh. in, 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 and again, in a fairly, I suppose, broad uh, look at what a cooperative is, does it yeah. have, it would have management, it would have, would it, could it have executives as well as employees? Or is everybody on the same managerial level? Yeah, that well, the answer is that depends. <laughs> there are many different ways in which people organize uh, worker cooperatives. Um, in many cases, in the sort of small and medium-sized enterprises, you'll find a relatively more flat structure uh, because it, the logic of a, of a worker cooperative is very much because people are participating in governance um, management and not just ownership, it's logical they'd be more involved in those decisions and in those processes. And so then you end up with often with a more flat structure. There are also though some worker cooperatives that are quite large and are structured with a fairly similar kind of structure to a typical corporation in the sense of a board, a management level, and then perhaps even you know departments and supervisors, et cetera. The big difference would be that the highest body would be the uh, general assembly, which is the members. So the right. members select the board and the board would select the management. That, that's really typical only of the largest um, cooperatives, I would say. Can we maybe then look at sort of the, let's look at the advantages maybe of a, of a cooperative. There are a, a few that spring to mind uh, straight mm. away, like, uh, basically, uh, employee security. Um, mm -hmm. uh, in in a in a in a business or a sector that was uh, having difficulty attracting staff, this could be something because there's effectively shared ownership. It might uh, attract uh, a better quality or a, an employee who's likely to stay and want security. Would that be one? Sure, absolutely. Um, that that's very true. I think the most dramatic example of that in recent years was when the uh, um, white goods producer, the you know uh, washing machines, et cetera, producer called Fagor Electrodomesticos, which was one of the Mondragon cooperatives in Spain. Mondragon is a kind of collection of cooperatives and other businesses. When uh, Fagor Electrodomesticos went bankrupt in 2010 as a result of the uh, financial crisis, um, the workers who were members of the cooperative uh, did not lose their jobs. In fact, what happened is because Mondragon has a very strong, has its own internal kind of uh, um, uh, employment security and kind of welfare organization, 
They were able to maintain people at 80% of their wages for a couple of years, train them, um, find them positions in other cooperatives in the network, um, and do other types of retraining so that everybody who was a member of the cooperative at the end, within about two years, I think, had been had resolved their situation. There was nobody who was sitting unemployed and uh, you know without any kind of protection. Could, so, could I suggest to you maybe, and I have a little bit of experience in this because I once worked for a company uh, mm-hmm. whereby that the pension fund almost bankrupt well it did actually bankrupt the company whereby the yeah. the workers had decided or well the management originally the owners of the business gave a very very generous pension scheme to the employees but that ultimately strangled the business mm. and because uh, the workforce was ended up being quite elderly nobody wanted to take the decision to change the pension scheme because ultimately it would affect them. So is there an argument that maybe that they might be, they might work for a time, but as they grow, that they, 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 they fundamentally could be problematic? Um, it's an interesting question. I mean, I think worker cooperatives, like any human enterprise, are subject to all kinds of dynamics, right? Including the sort of in-group dynamics of people trying to take care of their own particular situation. Uh, I can't think of an example of what you described exactly. I think in Mondragon, in the case of Fagor, which is the the most famous case of this, of of failure, really, because they generally cooperatives have a very strong success rate. The um, there was a sense, there was one criticism made that perhaps they delayed bankruptcy too long because people were so committed to keep the cooperative going that they just kept trying to bring more funds in to sustain it and try to outlast the crisis. But uh, people have made the opposite argument, right? That one of the reasons that cooperative lasted as long as it did was precisely because they were able to ride through previous crises um, in this way. So it's, I, I think it's a, there's, there's no simple there, there's, answer to that question. Yeah, and there's probably a capitalist argument that says that you can't run a business by committee, or would that be an yeah. argument that you'd hear where somebody would say, like, you know, if you've got a cooperative with a few hundred thousand or a few thousand people, you yeah. know, to get consensus on with everybody is almost an impossibility. So that yeah, creates yeah. its own bureaucracy, its own, you know, I suppose, stagnation. And sure. talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, so that's that's a yes. This is very much a, one of the arguments that one hears is that this idea that the image is that everything is going to be decided by committee. I was thinking about this just yesterday. It's as if somebody who was doing you know landscaping work, for example, had to consult the cooperative every time they decided where to put a bush or you know how much dirt to put in, etc. Uh, obviously, in in operational terms, no cooperative functions that way. Um, so it, there's not, it's not some kind of chaos of constant meetings. Um, but there is an interesting phenomenon, which is because worker cooperatives depend so much on the participation of workers, because they are run by workers, uh, there are more meetings, right, in that sense. Workers are going to be involved more in the participation, participate more in the governance and in the operations of the company. 
So it, it may look as if, oh my God, these people are in meetings all the time. But I think really what happens is just more people are involved. Um, and that's important because the organization is typically not hierarchical and structured in a standard sort of command structure, but it's a democracy. So the argument that you know democracy is inefficient, we could apply that to other aspects of our lives, right? I mean, why do we govern our uh, countries in this horribly inefficient way, if that's um, how we feel it is? There is a reason for democracy that um, I think explains or gives a value to precisely participation. Um, and there are also management advantages, right? There's a greater possibility of alignment among people with the mission. There's a greater sharing of information. It's very good in terms of creating learning organizations. Um, so it, I think okay. there's a kind of debate I, in there that is interesting. I, and in your view, there's never a danger that they can become uncompetitive because they seek to, re to reward everybody kind of unilaterally. That, that, mm. that in itself means that, you know, if, if, there, if there are surpluses, as you call them, in the yep. business and they're redistributed year on year, mm. you know, and then all of a sudden there's a year where there aren't, is there a, an inability then to be competitive with the marketplace on the basis of policy? Yeah, actually, I would think it's really typically the opposite. And that is um, cooperatives operate with, they keep reserves, right? They don't simply distribute all of the money, that all of the surplus that is uh, created. Uh, typically, under cooperative laws, a certain percentage has to be distributed to the members, something on the order of 20%, I think, in the United States. Um, so there is some requirement to distribute surplus, but a great deal of it can be Put reinvested in the company can be put into reserves, et cetera, and that's what worker cooperatives do. They are obviously the the members are running the cooperative, so they're very concerned with making sure that it's viable and that it sticks around. Um, it's not simply a capital investment for them where they could move that capital somewhere else just as well. That particular work matters to them that it be maintained. So there's a very strong incentive to keep a company. Um, healthy, vibrant, and sustainable on the part of its owners in that case. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Well, and I think the other thing I would just add is that I do think historically we've seen, and statistics have borne it out, that co worker cooperatives are typically much more resilient in the face of economic crisis or downturns. Well, we may not agree on everything, Matt, but I think we've had a very uh, uh, sage and uh, good discussion about the pros and indeed, maybe uh, some of the challenges around cooperatives, but it is a good model that you're promoting. And it's very, very interesting for us to have a look at it today. So Matt Noyes, co-author of Cooperatives at Work, thanks so much yeah. for joining me today. Thank you very much. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.